You're not in this story. Yeah, well, we're making it up as we go. Hello and welcome to Making It Up As We Go, a Destiel fan fiction anthology podcast. We're making it up as we go. I'm your host and reader, Nerdy Nerdenstein. The story is ours now. You can't have it back. Please be warned that the stories featured can and will contain explicit sexual content and is not intended for young audiences. Hello. Today, I'll be reading Cupcakes and Kittens, Chapter 13. Written by Mandala Rose. The rating for this fic is explicit. The pertinent tags for this fic include Alternate Universe, Coffee Shops and Cafes, Baker Dean Winchester, Reluctant Kitten Owner Dean Winchester, Cat Rescuer Castiel, Two-Person Love Triangle, Online Meeting, Online Flirting, Confidently by Dean, Openly Gay Castiel, Mentions of Past Canonical Character Death, Fluff and Angst, Pining, Slow Burn, Fraudage, Masturbation, Hand Kink, no kittens come to harm in this story. Chapter 13. Enjoy. Dean groans as a white paw connects repeatedly with his nose. Stop that, you. Cupcake mules again, more insistently this time. Opening his eyes, Dean blinks as a furry orange and white face slowly comes into focus, which takes longer than it normally would since said face is only millimeters away from his. He's lying on his side in bed, Cupcake staring at him from the other half of his pillow. The parts of Dean's view not filled with blurry orange fur show his bedroom bathed in full sunlight. It's no wonder Cupcake's being so demanding. Even on his days off, she's used to Dean being out of bed long before this. Seeing that her human is finally awake, Cupcake ends her boxing practice, rubbing her nose against Dean's instead. As he brings a sluggish hand up to stroke her soft fur, Dean feels a shifting on the mattress behind him, before a warm arm wraps securely around his waist. I think someone wants breakfast, Cass murmurs sleepily, pressing a kiss to the back of Dean's neck as he tucks up behind him. Dropping his hand to interlace his fingers with Cass's, Dean pulls the other man in closer, 
glad that Cass can't see the dopey smile he can feel spreading across his face. Morning, he murmurs, pressing back against Cass's solid form, including the extra solid line of morning wood he can feel nestled against the crack of his ass. It's a very good morning. Cass rumbles huskily in return, sleep and desire dropping his voice to a register that sends shivers down Dean's spine. Or maybe those are the kisses Cass is dropping along the tender junction between Dean's shoulder and neck. Mmm, he agrees, arching into the kisses and slowly moving his and Cass's interlocked hands down toward where his own morning eagerness is tinting the sheet. Dean lets out the unsexy kind of groan at the persistent kitten's interruption. Chuckling warmly, Cass pulls back, leaving a final kiss to Dean's shoulder blade. Go, he orders sweetly. We can pick this up later. Eyebrows, amongst other things, perking up at the thought of later. Dean sits up. All right, you fuzzy little cockblock, I'm coming, he says to Cupcake who immediately hops off the bed and heads for the closed door. I thought we shut you out of here, he tells her as he stands up, pulling on a pair of underwear and sleep shorts from his top dresser drawer. Take your time, he says, turning to face Cass, who looks like a fucking vision, lying sprawled across Dean's bed, the charcoal sheet draped across his waist, one muscled leg and bare torso on full display. I mean, unless you have somewhere to be. Dean rubs the back of his neck sheepishly. I have to go into the shop later today, Cass answers, but I don't have anywhere to be this morning if you're okay with me hanging around. The hopeful look he's giving Dean would be enough to make Dean change just about any plans he might have had. Never mind you being around, Cass, he says honestly, pulling a rumpled Zep tea out of his next drawer. I'll go start some coffee and feed this monster. He gestures to the cat twining herself around his ankles, preparing for her daily try-to-kill-your-owner-hangry-cat obstacle course. When you're ready to get up, just help yourself to some clothes and come on out to the kitchen. Licking his lips and definitely not thinking about the fact he just told Cass to wear his clothes, Dean leaves the bedroom, pulling the door shut behind him and making his way to the kitchen via his usual route of hallway, bathroom, and cat hurdles. He only trips over Cupcake once, which might be a new record. Cupcake's eating her breakfast happily, and the coffee is brewing, when Dean hears the front door open. Shit. Sam. Hey, Dean. Sam toes off his running shoes by the door, before crossing the living room and settling himself at the kitchen table. Hey, Sammy. Logically, Dean knows he has to tell Sam about Cass, and relatively soon given the fact that Cass is going to walk out of Dean's bedroom any minute now. Instead, he turns around and pulls down a large mixing bowl before fetching the flour, sugar, and baking powder from a neighboring cabinet. How do pancakes sound? Your pancakes? Sounds great, Sam enthuses, reaching down to give Cupcake a scratch as she headbutts him affectionately. What's the occasion? Since when do I need a special occasion to cook? Dean deflects while whisking together the dry ingredients. You know that's what I do, right? Yeah, for work, Sam points out reasonably, 
which is why you usually just eat cereal on your day off. Spooning a few tablespoons of butter into a small bowl before placing it in the microwave to melt, Dean grumbles. It's not a special occasion. Turning back to his bowl, he picks up the egg he pulled from the refrigerator with the butter. Okay, Sam answers agreeably. I just thought it might have something to do with that guy I saw when I let Cupcake into your room last night. Son of a bitch! Raw egg splatters everywhere as the shell hits the side of Dean's bowl with about three times the force he intended. You did that on purpose, he accuses, pointing an egg-covered finger at Sam before turning to scoop bits of shell out of the pancake batter. Sam, the snot-nosed pain in the ass, grins smugly. So who's the guy? He leans forward eagerly. Is that CJ? Did you guys make up? Rinsing his hands in the sink and drying them slowly on the towel looped over the oven door to buy himself some time, Dean licks his lips. Um, about CJ. Oh, come on, Sam interrupts. Don't tell me that's just some rando in there, Dean. I thought you were tired of hookups. It's not some rando, Dean defends, pouring the batter for the first pancake into the sizzling pan so he can delay facing his brother for a moment longer. It's... Cass. Sam asks in a way that is absolutely not a question, and Dean spins around. Standing awkwardly in the kitchen doorway, Cass shifts on his feet. Hello, Sam. Sam's eyes widen as he takes in the borrowed sleep shorts and Dean's favorite ACDC shirt. Uh, yeah... Good morning, I guess. He looks at Dean accusingly. Hey, Dean, Cass is here. Look, Sam, I can explain. Dean starts, but Sam cuts in, gesturing between Cass and Dean. So, wait, you two are... Dean's brain goes blank, and for a moment, he and Cass just stare at one another. Sure, they talked about giving this thing between them a shot last night, but it's not like they'd really gotten around to discussing specifics. Dean, do you have a spare toothbrush I can borrow? Cass asks suddenly, still not having set foot in the kitchen. I'd very much like to get out of this awkward conversation. Tension broke, Dean chuckles, getting a smirk from Cass in return. Way to abandon me, asshole. In the bathroom, bottom drawer. Thanks. With one last smirk, Cass retreats back toward the bathroom, and Dean's so distracted watching the sexy bastard go, he almost forgets Sam is there. So, Cass? Almost. Yeah, Dean answers, turning back around to flip the large, plate-sized pancake. Cass. But what about CJ? Sam hisses in a whisper that Dean is certain can probably be heard in the next trailer over let alone the bathroom several yards away. Are you two really over? The way you talked about him, Dean, I really thought you guys had something. You've never talked about someone like that, especially not to me. Yeah, I know. Dean tries to explain again. The thing is, Cass isn't some kind of rebound, is he? Sam. He plates the first pancake, pouring the batter for a second as his interrupting moose of a brother barrels on. Because that's not cool, Dean. Cass is a really great guy, and he's your friend. 
not to mention your business partner. Sammy. Dean tries to cut in, not bothering to keep the irritation out of his rising voice as he crosses the tiny kitchen to where his self-righteous little brother is leaning forward across the table. So if you're just using him to get over CJ... Sam! Dean bellows as he drops the plate in front of Sam's gobsmacked face. It hits the table with a clang, rolling around on its edge, until it finally wobbles its way back to center, the vibration of ceramic on wood filling the suddenly silent kitchen. Cass is CJ. There. That went well. Uh, Sam starts, but seems at a loss for what to say next, staring at Dean over the forgotten pancake. Dean clears his throat. Cass is CJ, okay? He tries again in a calmer voice. There is no other guy. Eat your breakfast. He nods to Sam's plate, grabbing the maple syrup from the fridge and depositing it gently next to him. But Sam ignores him. So you've been seeing Cass all this time? Why didn't you just tell me? And goddammit, now Sam looks hurt, hitting Dean with the same puppy eyes that got him roped into attending the local theater's production of Rent last summer because Sam liked some girl in the cast. He couldn't get that goddamn song out of his head for weeks afterward. No, it's not like that, Dean assures quickly, but it just earns him a bitch face, because of course it would look that way to Sam. How else could it look? Like pulling off a band-aid, Dean explains as quickly as he can how the nerdy cat enthusiast who rescued him from kitten-fostering hell ended up also being the sexy billionaire-turned-barista who offered him his dream job, filling another plate with pancakes as he tells the story. For nearly a full minute after his confession, Sam just stares at him in stunned silence, before suddenly doubling over in laughter. Yep, that feels just like pulling off a band-aid. Sam's wheezing too much for Dean to catch everything he says, but he definitely hears a couple of dumbasses and idiots in there. Sighing, Dean slumps into the seat across from his brother. What's it going to take for you to not make a big deal out of this? Sam sobers immediately, looking suddenly thoughtful. Shit, that doesn't bode well for Dean. Vegan pastries, he answers finally, at the bean. Vegan what? Why? Dean asks in confusion. This isn't some new phase, right? Veganism, Sammy? That's not what people mean when they say everyone experiments in college. It's not for me, jerk, Sam answers, shooting Dean another bitch face, number seven. Good choice. It's for Madison. Who's Madison? Dean asks, even more confused. What happened to Sarah? Sarah's doing a semester abroad in Paris next fall, and she's hoping she can get into some art program so she can finish out school there. She thought it would be better for us to break up now, before we were invested. Sam rolls his eyes on the last word. Ouch. Sorry, man. Dean pulls a pancake onto his plate from the stack in the center of the table. Shrugging, Sam finally smears some peanut butter on his pancake, the freak, and drowns the poor thing in syrup before taking a bite. 
It's all right. She was actually kind of snooty once I got to know her. Her family owns an art gallery, and I didn't like the way she talked to the other art majors she was friends with, like she was better than them or something. You know, exactly the way I tried to convince you Cass isn't. He ends smugly. Yeah, I should have listened to you about Cass. I get it. Dean spends a second imagining how satisfying it would be to replace Sam's shampoo with Nair again. So, Madison? Oh, yeah. So get this, Sam says excitedly, before telling him the story of how he met Madison at the library a couple weeks ago, because his dorky little brother is the kind of college student who goes to the library during summer break, and learned that having finished up some of her general requirements at one of the local community colleges, she's getting ready to transfer to Omaha. She's great, Dean, Sam enthuses. She's really interested in the law, since she wants to go into criminal justice, so I can talk to her about my classes without her looking like she wants to jump out the nearest window. Your classes or your weird serial killer obsession? It's not an obsession, Sam pouts. But yeah, that too. And she's pretty and funny and... Boogum. Dean cuts in around a mouthful of fluffy, buttery goodness. Exactly, Sam agrees, which is why you're going to introduce a line of vegan pastries at the Bean. All your usuals. Dean shakes his head, knowing his brother well enough to realize Sam fully expects to be negotiated down. God damn it. People who think they hate working with lawyers should try living with one. I can't do that, Sam. There's no way we'd make enough profit on having duplicates of all our usuals. Plus, it's just me back there, man. I couldn't even bake all that. He hesitates. I could maybe do one item. At least three regular items and two seasonal items. But you can rotate the seasonal ones. Sam counters. Dean frowns. Or I can just keep making fun of you over this whole Cass-CJ situation until it stops being funny. It's not, by the way, going to stop being funny. And just wait until Meg and Benny find out. Fuck. Sam's won, and by the look on his face, he knows that the little shit. Dean's simultaneously proud and annoyed as hell. He's about to cave when a familiar deep baritone sounds from the doorway. One vegan option, plus a seasonal item offered daily, with additional items to be added pending the success of the first two, and the hiring of more bakery staff. Cass says brusquely, leaning against the peninsula with his arms crossed in front of him. But, not only do you have to promise not to tease Dean for the way we met, you also have to do what you can to deter others. Sam's eyebrows raise at the addition of having to keep others from making fun of them. Seeing the change, Cass adds, and I'll make sure we have at least two vegan specialty lattes on offer at all times. Deal, Sam responds immediately, positively beaming at Dean's. Dean's Cass. Welcome to the family, Cass, he says, offering a hand across the table. Moving to stand next to Dean, Cass rests one hand on Dean's shoulder, giving it a squeeze as he reaches to shake Sam's hand. And if there was a single sliver of doubt still lodged somewhere in Dean's subconscious, 
It's now drowning in the Olympic-sized pool of syrup on his brother's plate. Cass is... Cass is it for him. This thing between them, it isn't just going to work. It's going to last. Well, now that's settled, I'm going to go take a shower and call Madison. I can't wait to let her know that Sioux Falls is about to have its first vegan-friendly coffee shop. Grinning, Sam practically skips out of the room, which Dean imagines must resemble a baby moose running for the first time. Cass chuckles as he heads for the coffee maker, helping himself to the cabinet of coffee mugs he discovered as they were washing dishes together last night. Trying to swallow the bite of pancake that suddenly seems to have tripled in size and not look like he's just had a life-altering epiphany, Dean takes a long swig of his own coffee. So, Cass teases as he stirs in his cream, I take it you told Sam. Finally managing to get the world's longest-lasting pancake bite down, Dean stares at him suspiciously. I'm pretty sure I've never known someone to spend that long brushing their teeth. I'm thorough, Cass retorts as he takes a seat next to Dean at the table, helping himself to a pancake. Up and down, side to side, sing happy birthday twice. I thought that last one was for washing your hands, Dean points out. Cass shrugs, hiding a smirk behind his coffee mug that Dean can still see clear as day in his eyes. As Dean eyes him skeptically, Cupcake leaves her sunbeam-warmed spot of linoleum by the kitchen window to say hi, nosing at Cass's muscular calves, and Dean's not sure who he's more jealous of. I think you stole my cat, he pouts as Cass continues to eat. Not that I can blame her. I'd follow you around, too. She's just hoping I'll give her some pancake. Well, I wouldn't say no to you feeding me pancakes, either. Dean quips, trying not to imagine licking syrup off of every part of Cass. Eyeing him smugly, Cass takes a slow bite of pancake, licking the last drops of syrup from the fork tines. He snorts when Dean flips him off in return. They sit in comfortable silence, Dean sipping his coffee as Cass finishes his breakfast. It's not until they've finished washing dishes that Dean realizes they've now shared two meals together. Catching Cass's hands as he starts to move back towards the table, he tugs him in for a slow morning kiss, licking the taste of syrup and coffee from his lips. I could get used to this, he murmurs without thinking, freezing when he realizes what he's just said. A shy smile spreads across Cass's face and Dean relaxes. It sounds like Sam thinks you were pretty serious about this CJ guy, he says quietly. Licking his lips nervously, Dean tightens his arm around Cass's waist a fraction. Yeah, that's because I was. Hmm, Cass hums, trailing a thumb across the nape of Dean's neck in a way that makes him shiver. And what about me? Do you think you could be that serious about a guy who used to eat at expensive restaurants and wore fancy suits? Yeah, I think so, Dean whispers, planting a soft kiss on Cass's lips. As long as you can be serious about a guy who's never owned a fancy suit. 
Hmm. That's okay. Cass answers with a teasing smile. Someone once told me you don't need to fancy up pie. Dean grins. You comparing me to pie, Cass? Because you know how I feel about pie. Yes, Dean. Cass rolls his eyes affectionately before leaning in for another kiss. You're my pie. Dean smiles. Me too, Cass. Rescue me. Rescue me. Hey, boss man. A snarky voice pulls Castiel away from his next week's catering bookings on his computer screen. I need the cupcake order for Mills. She says they're slime cakes. One pale hand resting on her hip, blonde hair piled in a loose bun. Their newest bakery employee stands in the office doorway with a slightly befuddled expression. Completely inexperienced, 20-year-old Claire had shown up to her interview with nothing but a black leather jacket and a give-em-hell attitude, as Dean had described it. Dean had been a little hesitant at first, but Castiel has a good feeling about her. In the cooler, he answers his assistant baker. They're chocolate cupcakes with green-tinted vanilla custard filling. He explains to Claire, who wrinkles her nose, but turns back toward the kitchen to fetch the order. Cass chuckles as he follows her down the hallway to say hi to Sheriff Mills himself. A long-time regular, she'd asked Dean if he'd be willing to tackle a special request for her son, Owen, who insisted upon a slime cake for his eighth birthday. Dean had been happy to oblige. He'd tried three different recipes for the neon green slime icing before he'd been satisfied. Family business, bakery and beanery. He hears Linda answer the phone as he rounds the corner and steps behind the beanery counter. He nods to let her know he can cash out Miss Mills before turning to face the dark-haired woman on the other side of the counter. Good afternoon, Sheriff, he greets, earning a sideways grin and a raised eyebrow in response. How many times do I have to tell you to call me Jody? Sheriff Mills asks. Her arms are crossed in front of her, but her eyes are warm. Grinning at the old argument, he ignores the question, asking instead, How's Owen? Is he excited for his party? Jody's face lights up the way it always does when she talks about her son. Are you kidding? It's all he's talked about for days. She rolls her eyes affectionately. My house is about to be overrun by pre-adolescent boys making and probably throwing slime at each other. I'm just thankful it's May, so we can do that part outside. Here you go, Jodes. Claire appears from the kitchen, carefully setting the box of cupcakes on the countertop, their reimagined FBB logo, a scattering of coffee beans next to Mary's measuring cups, emblazoned on the top. Thanks, Claire. Jody smiles as she slides the box toward herself before pulling out her wallet to pay for the slime cakes. How are things going back there? Castiel can't help but ask as he cashes Jody out. It's Claire's first solo day in the kitchen, after all. Dramatic eye roll emphasized by heavily mascaraed lashes. 
Claire pulls at the loose knot on the back of Castiel's burgundy FBB apron, causing it to untie as she walks back toward the kitchen. Cut the apron strings, Castiel. I've got this. Now get out of here before Hasselhoff has a full-on meltdown. Are you sure you don't need any help before I go? He asks as Claire saunters down the hallway. Stay out of my kitchen, coffee boy, she calls over her shoulder as she steps through the swinging door. Go home. That's right, Sheriff Mills, Jody, says after Claire's disappeared. You have your own party to be getting ready for. How's Dean handling everything? Chuckling affectionately, Castiel pulls off his apron. He's coping, but I think it's safe to say he's a little more emotional than usual. His smile widens. He's been sending me sweet little messages all morning. It's his nerves. He explains as Jody looks confused. He was the same way when Sam graduated from Omaha, but it's even more so this time around. Castiel honestly hadn't expected Dean to be more nervous getting ready for Sam's graduation party than he was about getting on a flying metal death trap to attend his actual graduation in California two weeks ago, but that seems to be the case. Reminds me of when Owen started kindergarten, Jody says with a nostalgic smile. I think I had to talk Sean off the ledge at least twice a day the entire week beforehand. Poor guy was in total panic mode by the day of, and then of course everything was just fine. Dean's not quite in panic mode yet, but I have a feeling my house is going to be filled with at least three times the number of cupcakes we actually need. His grin widens. And if he's going to get this sappy every time his brother reaches a new milestone, I may have to convince Sam to get his doctorate. Jody laughs along with Cass before asking in surprise, Cupcakes for a law school graduation party? Shrugging, Cass explains, Sam's fiance Eileen has a gluten allergy. Dean's doing cupcakes so he can make a gluten-free recipe for her and other flavors for everyone else. I'm not sure which, though. Apparently, Sam is being an indecisive pain in the ass. After vegan Madison and nut allergy Jess, Dean's become rather skilled at adapting his recipes for diverse dietary needs. He has a feeling, however, that unlike the others, Eileen's presence in their lives isn't going to be outlived by her menu additions. This Eileen, Linda's voice cuts in from where she's been not so subtly eavesdropping, while wiping down the display case. What's she like? She's not one of those California gold diggers, is she? Cass fights a smile at the question. Ever since Kevin had a very serious talk with his mother and switched his major from pre-med to art history his sophomore year, Linda has warmed considerably towards the younger Winchester, long hair and all. Unfortunately, this now means that her protective nature has shifted to whatever girl Sam happens to bring home. Amelia was too meek. Jess was too loud and too blonde. Eileen seems very well matched to Sam, he answers. She's intelligent, funny, and kind. But she can certainly hold her own in an argument. And since she's also graduating from Stanford Law this year, with higher honors than Sam, I don't think you need to worry about her being a gold digger. After a moment, 
Linda nods approvingly. Good. I look forward to meeting her tonight. Castiel arches a doubtful eyebrow. He's certain Linda is still going to test the woman that her new pseudo-son has chosen, but he's more than confident Eileen is a match for her. Speaking of tonight, he says while checking his watch, if I'm going to help Dean set up, I'd better go. He says his goodbyes to the staff and follows Jody out the door, heading around the corner to the powder-blue Prius Dean absolutely detests. Twenty minutes later, as he unlocks the door to their shared home, Castiel feels a buzz from his pocket. Pausing with his key still in the dark wood door, he pulls out his phone, unlocking it with a touch. Smiling when he sees the Twitter notification, he opens his DMs, a familiar face looking at him from Dean's profile picture. He wonders what sweet, nerve-induced message Dean is sending him now. After a long moment spent staring at the phone in his hand, Castiel licks his lips and drops the device back into his pocket, unlocking the door hurriedly and quickening his pace as he moves through their home toward the room he knows Dean will be in. It's the one room in their otherwise modest home in which they spared no expense, the kitchen. Pulling open the custom French doors they added to separate the kitchen from the rest of the house before they moved in, Castiel strides across the large white tiles toward the man on the far side of the room. His back to the room, Dean closes the door of one of the -the state-of-the-art ovens he'd picked out after weeks of research. He straightens, his familiar pink apron standing out against the white countertops and cabinetry in their modern kitchen bringing a smile to Castiel's lips. He really loves that apron. Ignoring, for now, the cooled and decorated cupcakes lining the granite top of their large kitchen island, Castiel steps up behind his boyfriend. He knows Dean must have heard him come in, but he takes his time turning around, a nervous smirk gracing his features. Castiel wastes no time kissing it off him. Wrapping his arms around Dean's neck, Castiel drags their bodies together, heedless of the stray icing and cake batter smearing across his black button-down from Dean's apron. Once they're both breathless and rumpled, Dean pulls back enough to look Castiel in the eye, biting his lip with a grin. Hey, babe, I take you got my message. Hello, Dean. You made honey vanilla cupcakes. Castiel answers matter-of-factly. Smiling at the non-sequitur, Dean shrugs. They're your favorite. But Sam... Helped me come up with the whole plan, interrupts Dean smoothly. He thought we should celebrate all the good things happening in our family while we're all together. I agreed. Presumptuous, Castiel smirks. Hopeful, Dean corrects softly. I have faith. Dean's leaning in to kiss him again when a tiny, high-pitched mule catches their attention. Turning as one, they both look to the island countertop, where a scene of chaos greets them. Castiel looks over in time to see their foster kittens, a calico named Buffy, because calicos are always girls, Cass, pounce gleefully on a honey-vanilla cupcake and a delicate gold wrapper. Her much more stoic counterpart, 
a smoky gray called Angel, sits nearby, licking buttercream icing off of a paw. Feisty Ginger Willow and her equally playful brother Spike, who, thanks to the icing, has far more white marking on his black fur than the usual single patch on his chest, battle one another on a ground of smashed cake, seemingly fighting over the tasty spoils. Cupcake sits primly on the only clean section of the countertop, surveying the mess and looking vaguely disapproving in that haughty way only cats and Castiel's mother can. Castiel turns back to Dean sheepishly. That's why you had the doors closed. That's why I had the doors closed, Dean agrees with a sigh. He's frowning, but his dancing green eyes give him away and it's only a few seconds before Castiel sees his lips twitching. Breaking into simultaneous laughter, they collapse into one another. Foreheads press together, and Castiel doesn't think his heart has ever been this full. You know, Dean murmurs after a moment, you never answered my message. Heart leaping in his chest like one of the pouncing kittens on the nearby countertop, Castiel pulls his phone out of his pocket quickly typing and pressing send, before showing it to Dean. Dean's eyes fill with tears that Castiel knows are mirrored by his own, as he smiles beatifically, happier than Castiel has ever seen him. Castiel tosses his phone on the counter, their last messages still visible, as he wraps both arms back around the man in front of him. Cass, before I met you, I feel like I was living someone else's life, someone else's story, and I couldn't see anything different until I met you. You changed me, Cass, because you believed in me. I believed in myself. Because you saw me, I could finally see my future. And now, when I look at that future, I see you. I see us. I see our 14 cats. Castiel James, will you marry me? Yes. I love you, Dean says shakily, tears threatening to spill over cheeks flushed with love and joy. Castiel smiles. Me too, Dean. The end. Yeah, don't cross my path. 
Thank you so much for your support. I can be contacted on Twitter, Tumblr, or at makingitupasweGoPod at gmail.com. If you are able, please go to the author's AO3 story and give comments and kudos to them for sharing this with us. The link is in the show notes. This will also be posted on AO3 as a podfic under my username, and the link will be in the show notes as well. As always, thank you so much for listening.